Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back with you guys for another episode of our Transfer Insight series, our show in which we look at the players that have been linked to Arsenal with the help of an expert. And today I'm joined by Football Italia correspondent Rich Hall. How are you doing, mate? Are you well? Are you good? Yeah, not bad at all. Thank you. Always good to be back on. Good stuff. And we're here talking about a a little bit of a favourite of yours, uh, for sure. I remember when you spoke about him in the previous summer when he was linked with Arsenal, talking about him very favourably, Dusan Vlahovic. And now I'm my pronunciation, I keep trying to practice this. How <laughs> hard is the H in the pronunciation when you do it? I don't know. I normally say Dusan Vlahovic, but then you hear... <laughs> I've never heard that one. So. Yeah, so he's, that was a commentator. Yeah. There's a, a friend of mine, uh, David Farini, commentates on uh, B- BT Sport, and uh, he's always a bit of a Dusan Vlajevic. And so you sort of do you go with the commentators or do you just say, yeah. ah, he knows? Well, well let's. Well, Dusan Flavic is, is fine for me, whatever. I mean, you're probably going to hear, listener, a lot of different uh, pronunciations throughout this show, <laughs> so do forgive us. Um, but yeah, he's a player that obviously has come onto the scene in the last couple of years or so. If you were talking about him in 2019, not many people, I don't imagine, would have would have heard too much about him. And yet, in the last 12 months especially, he has really exploded into the Serie A minds and then the European minds being linked with so many different clubs, Arsenal, Spurs, Juventus as well. Uh, I imagine that with Lukaku leaving into Milan, there was some obvious links with with Inter as well. But talk to me about Vlaovic uh, as a player and uh, and what kind of viewers would be able to expect if they were to tune into a Fiorentina game. I think what's exciting about him is that he's um, he, he's a bit old school in one respect, as in that he's one of those players who he's quite single-minded in wanting to score goals. I mean, if you remember the likes of Mauro Icardi when he was at Inter, you, you may not have said that, you know, he was uh, prolific in the way that, well, he's certainly prolific in goals, but he wasn't, mm. he waited for the right time all the time. And so he wasn't always involved in the game, but when he, when he was, he was, he was superb. Um, I think even if you look at an older example of like Edin Dzeko, for instance, uh, a guy who even now at 35, for instance, he's, he's, he's still falling at the top level. Blevich is, for me, in that mould. Um, but he's a little bit more exciting. And this is why I sort of waxed lyrical about him last time, because if you only look the other week, the fact that his ability to score free kicks, he's good from a penalty spot. But he's more than that. Again, he's quick. He's he's, he's intelligent. And I think he's a really mature player. And one of the he things... He looks that, older than 20, whatever, 21, I think he is. He looks about <laughs> 30. <so. laughs> and he's, he's a physical player as well. And I think why you are looking at so many clubs in Europe wanting the signature of him is because he has that ability to possibly perform in any of the top European leagues. Uh, and I think that he's also able to play as a, on his own at front, which is advantageous for a lot of clubs, but also as well in a partnership. So... Yeah, he's, he is exciting. Um, he's not perfect, don't get me wrong, but, you know, he's one of the most, uh, for me, exciting prospects in, in Serie A. Say he's not perfect, and we're going to get onto kind of the strengths and weaknesses. We'll focus on the positive side first, because he is a bit of a mountain of a man, is the first thing you notice when you see him. And when you see him just from kind of the... The really boring outside view is going, he's tall, so he must be good in the air. Is he good in the air? And is that something that certainly a side that signed him would be getting from that player? It's not what I would associate him with, to be honest. Um, You know, yeah, he's tall, but I mean, one of the things that always gets me is the technique. And he's lethal as well. It's that a moment to just sum it all up in a game and he's clinical. And, And he just doesn't seem scared. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yes, the physique helps him 
stand the ball up and everything else. But if you're expecting to be this ball, you're going to hit the ball, you know, uh, sorry, a player you're going to hit the ball into, that's absolutely nowhere near it for me. For me, he's a player who, you know, is equally adapt to, uh, he's got enough patience and time on the ball if you actually are playing against a lesser team, uh, you know, to actually uh, look for the pass and have those one-twos. And again, if you're playing against maybe, uh, you know, a team that's a bit more um, coming onto you a little bit, his pace for counter-attacking is just sublime. Um, and again, I've already mentioned about the dead balls. I mean, just look at a free kick the other weekend. It was absolutely delectable. It was just fantastic. So, yeah, he's um, he's certainly talented. And I also think that the price tag as well, um, you know, people are talking about this 60 million. million. Euros, yeah. Mm, yeah. I actually think that could be quite a bargain for a player his age. Really? So you consider like the the players around that age, you look at Alexander Rizak, it's Real Sociedad, obviously Erling Haaland that comes up at Borussia Dortmund is kind of in a category of his own these days. But uh, Vlaovic is is a player that if I I never really thought Arsenal were going to be that hot on in any kind of window. I didn't think he, he didn't strike me as the player that Arteta would be looking to, to kind of take on the mantle of Pyramid Aubameyang because they're just so different in, in kind of their, their style in a way. You've got the raw electric pace that Aubameyang gives you and yes, the clinical finishing that they, they share. But you look at Aubameyang as more of a fox in the box. I don't really look at Vlaovic in that same sense. Would that be a fair comparison or not? It's strange because on both players, they can, like you mentioned, them, they can both be clinical. They can both be yeah. that sort of fox in the box at times. Um, you know, when I compared him to Icardi before, I think he's Vlavic got more of an all-round game. Um, so especially when you're looking at the likes of yeah. set pieces, you know, if Vlavic gets a ball from 25 yards out, you're still fancying him, you know, from, from there. He's got, uh, it's just, um, there's so much to his game that it's really difficult to categorise him. And I think that that's why he's so interesting. Okay, look, Haaland's in a different category. But after that, you put the players that, for me, I mm. look at that afterwards and, and, and Vlevich is straight up there because just from what he's able to do. So this is why I think he's such an asset for so many teams because he could fit into so many different styles. You know, I used the example yeah. of Mauro Cardi before because of the clinicalness of that. But Mauro Cardi probably doesn't fit into that many teams because of the nature of the player he is. You know, but then you look at Vlevich and you think, well, hold on a minute, you know, there's there's no you can understand why there's so many clubs after him because he fits all those different styles because of his versatility do you think he would transition then into the premier league quite seamlessly i mean you look at kind of lukaku who's been in the premier league before but he's gone to seria and he's come back to the premier league and he's had a couple of issues obviously he's scored straight away but it has dipped of late do you think that vlaovic would suffer from kind of a similar maybe a an immediate kind of hit, but sustaining that kind of consistent scoring that we saw from him, especially last season. Do you think he might struggle with that as he hasn't done in, in Italy? It's really hard because when you look at things like that, I mean, you know, people talk about this. I always hate the fact that when people say like, you know, you go to the Premier League and it's quicker because players don't get slower when they move countries. Yeah. So it's, it's just one of those situations where for me, there is, I've mentioned before, I think, you know, Patrice ever summed it up the, in the best way that in Italy, yes, it's more structured. You know, if, for instance, your right winger is over there, you are supposed to be here. You know, I watched uh, Roberto Mancini train. They train in the afternoon without the ball, you know, mm. and uh, Ever said that you, you you work in grids in Italy. Now, for me, OK, you'd have more freedom in that respect when he when he comes to Arsenal. Uh, but he's intelligent enough to have that. And I think that uh, playing in Serie A is actually, in some ways, for a lot of players, a bonus because they come with a lot of tactical intelligence. Uh, especially with the way, you know, what Ateta's message he wants to get across, I think he pick it up very easily. However, you know, whether he comes across, I mean, anything can 
family life and everything can really affect how they play on the pitch. But, you know, it's one of those. I think if you if you were looking just at his ability, is he able to do that? And he's an intelligent player. Absolutely, absolutely. Areas of development then, we've talked about him in, in glowing terms, but he is still young and he is not going to be the finished article. What are kind of the key parts of his game that he does need to, to grow in? I think you mentioned about him in the air. Um, I don't think he's bad in the air at all, but I think that he's, I don't think he's the most, the best part of his game. I also mm. think as well, at Fiorentina, it's a very unique atmosphere because, you know, they always look for that that main player, that sort of the heroes that they've had down the lines, Baggio, Batistuta, that sort of, and when they find him, when they find them, they really, you know, even Luca Toni, they, they, yeah. hold on to them until well until they normally move to Juventus to be fair <laughs> <laughs> but but I think that coming to the Premier League and playing for Arsenal it's a, it's a different environment you know it's a different pressure um, and I think that he would have to adapt to being perhaps not the, the biggest fish in the pond which he certainly is in Florence um, mm. by a country mile so adapting to that but th- again this is why I don't um this is why I have spoken so highly of them because normally when we talk I will go on about pe- people's mm. negative sides I just enjoy watching him it makes me happy to watch him play football because you know something's going to happen normally um mm. you could argue that sometimes he's big you could argue that sometimes he goes missing um I don't think he does I think he this is why I use the Edin Dzeko comparison mm. He's intelligent. He knows when to be involved and when not to be involved. You so know, he drops you, in. Because like, you think about Aubameyang at the moment, a lot of the time when Arsenal play against another big six team, you see Aubameyang gets very isolated and then all of the talk after the game is he didn't get the service. And an argument was, well, why doesn't he get involved with the play more? Would that same not then apply to Vlaovic who would get involved with more of the play? I don't think he'd get... No, I, quite the opposite. I don't think he'd oh, get okay. too much more involved in the play in that sense. I think what I'm trying to say is that if you... Will he be tracking back every two seconds? I don't think mm. he needs to. I think what his intelligence is to know when he's important. He does play deep. He does play quite deep sometimes. So he will come back. But I think it's like, um, he, obviously, he's young enough and he's, he's physical enough to, to be involved and maybe a little bit more. And this is why I was sort of saying about the negatives. I actually think he's playing to a, a higher level of maturity in the sense of he, he knows his ability and he's not thinking, right, I need to get involved in the games, you know, in every aspect of it. Because when the ball comes to me, I know where I'm dangerous. Um, so, yeah, I mean, whether that gets him criticised from the fans, from that situation, for not having that sort of, um, what do you call it, the commentators always saying, the desire or whatever it is to go and try and get the ball. <laughs> yeah. I hate that word. But, you know, it, it may get him criticised. But for me, if you do give him the service, um, he's so intelligent that I, I, I think he score a lot of goals, whatever league he's in. Lastly, then we got to talk about kind of the, the and what I suppose listeners will be most intrigued about is the likelihood of of a deal. Um, which, according to the report from Demarcio, which detailed that Arsenal had effectively agreed with Fiorentina that they would be open to paying the eighty million pounds demands that they want for for him. But the sidebar to that being that Vlaovic actually at this moment in time, is not set on, on say, a move to Arsenal. And actually, he's, in fact, prepared to wait until the summer to see if any other offers from clubs probably with that are guaranteed Champions League football, which Arsenal are not currently guaranteed, although they're certainly in a, in a race, it seems, this season to try and qualify for it. Um, do you think that Arsenal would be a club that he would could be convinced to join? Or do you think he is of the mind that, you know, the, the Juventus, as you say, Fiorentina, of course, have a history of their players going there. 
teams like Manchester City, of course, who will be looking for a striker. Do you think that he would prefer to wait for a team of that kind of stature? I think it is going to be, I hate to say this, but it is going to be about the money. Um, mm. And the reason and the reason being for that is... As in the wage? Like for yes, him. in the wage. Yeah. I mean, Arsenal have done the hard bit by negotiating with Rocco Camiso and actually getting the 80 million accepted, if that's if that's to be true. And trust me, case, I know yeah. that. I um I randomly uh, had an interview with Rocco Camiso once and um, no one told me he was in America rather than Italy. And I right, woke up at two in the morning and trust me, he's, uh, he's an interesting character. At times. <laughs> <laughs> he still gave me the interview, bless him. But uh, yeah, he's, he's, nice. uh, he's, he's a very, very uh, funny character. But I mean, once that's been accepted, that's been always, uh, it's always been rumoured 60 to 80 million. It looks like 80 because of his form now is, is where it is. All reports in Italy from Demarcio, from Italia, from Calcio Mercato, everybody's uh, basically saying that he, because he's got so many options, that he won't stay in Italy. That was the one thing that's coming out of uh, mm. Gazzetta the other day, saying that he would likely turn down moves from Inter and Juventus because he feels like the money can be, uh, he can get more money elsewhere. Certainly the case with Inter now, with the situation with Suning and their ownership groups, uh, the group, uh, it, Juve definitely need a striker, um, but depends on they need other areas of strengthening at the moment because in their form. So mm. it does look like the Premier League is a really good option for him in that sense. So I do think it's one of those situations. Of course, Champions League will be important for him. Uh, but from reports that have been circulating over the last week or two, it's more about the offer on the table and his agents certainly pushing out for that. So I think that he will... Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I don't see him moving in January. I don't think he needs to. He's very happy in Florence by all reports. Uh, he wouldn't be. And, you know, it's it's one of those situations where I think in the summer he'll have a lot of offers from a lot of very, very good teams in Europe on the table. And um, he's certainly not going to extend his contract for 2023. No, I think that was obviously that, that story broke in the summer that Fiorentina were, really did try hard to, to convince him to stay. But it just, I think he's realised that of the level of player that he's at, a move to that next step up is is now the right time to happen. And uh, we'll see if it is in, indeed Arsenal that wins out the race. I, for one, will be very surprised if Arsenal did manage to pull this one off because he is considered to be one of the, the top young strikers in the world right now. So it would be a big, big coup for Arsenal if they did, in fact, manage to do it. Lastly, Rich, uh, and I do always kind of put my experts on, on the spot at times. And as an Italian expert, I don't like ending these shows without saying, is there anyone that Arsenal fans should be looking out for in Serie A or of an Italian background uh, between now and, and maybe even the January if that's too hard-pressed, the summer window? Wow, yeah, there's, there's so many. Um, Italy's quite lucky at the moment in the sense that there's so many young players coming through. Um, I'd certainly keep an eye on Raspadori from Sassuolo. He, he was at the... Uh, wasn't he with the... Yeah. He was, yeah. Of, and that was the one that um, Roberto Mancini said that potentially he could be his new Scalacci. Just uh, that someone who may, you know, be able to come off the bench. He didn't really get the opportunity, but that doesn't mm. mean he's not, um, you know, absolutely superb. I would have said that Ossiman from uh, Napoli, of course, is uh, is just a different level of player. If we're talking along the Vlajevic sort of lines, yeah. he is just uh, fantastic and great to watch. And again, I, I think there's one one that I would really look out for personally, and I know it's interrelated, so a little bit biased from my part, but. <laughs> Um, he's actually on loan at Basel at the moment. It's uh, Sebastiano Esposito. Um, oh, yes. I remember you speaking about him previously. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I'm still a massive fan of him. I think he's going to play a big part with Inter coming back as well. So, and one final one while we're at it, uh, also on loan from Inter, M who's playing essentially, essentially well uh, at the moment. He's there. Uh, Pinamonti um, has been brilliant. Um, I would have liked him to stay with Inter this term, but he's gone to Empoli and he's, he's proven exceptional. I could go on and on now, so I'm going to stop. But yeah, <laughs> there's, there's, there's plenty, there's plenty. Well, there you go. I mean, yeah, Esposito, I remember you talking about, was he at Spal last season? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Valencia yeah. as well. He's, yeah, he's um, he's done the rounds, but I think he's just about starting to be looked at as maybe next season is the time when he comes into the fold, especially with Sanchez looking like he's going to go. So, of course, very excited for his future. Even if it's not with Inter, I think he'll be um, fantastic. Very good stuff. Make sure you keep in the light. Well, him, Rich, thank you ever so much for coming on, mate. Really appreciate no it as always. Tell people where they can find you. Yeah, at Rich Hall 80 on Twitter. Uh, you can see me on the Gentleman Ultra, Gentleman Ultra podcast, uh, right for Football Italia and Fiorentina. And yeah, that's pretty much it. There you go. See, I mean, we get a Fiorentina writer on to talk about their <laughs> top class striker to say that he's going. <laughs> well, he's going I didn't say that. Him. I didn't say that. <laughs> no, very true. Very <laughs> true. Speculating about where he could go is the right way to put it. So, yeah, Absolutely. But, uh, it doesn't seem like he's uh, he, he's going to be sticking around there, but uh, hopefully he can keep bagging in the goals while he is there. For La Viola, we will see, of course, where this story goes this January, but most likely in the summer as well. You can find ourselves at... Uh, uh, the Arsenal way and five and myself at uh, Tom Cantor Media. So make sure you do give us a follow. We've just hit 4,000 subscribers. So thank you all so much for helping with supporting the channel. And as always, keep following us down the Arsenal way. Oh,